Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Rade. And I'm Dimitri, and this is Respectfully, a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Okay, guys. So today we are talking about trauma. This is part one of what is trauma. So make sure you guys continue to listen to, you know, the next portions of this, because this is a loaded topic here. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So trauma is a response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms an individual's ability to cope. It causes feelings of helplessness and diminishes their sense of self and their ability to feel a full range of emotions and experiences. And, you know, the part of this that sticks out most to me is the full range of emotion and experiences that um, become a struggle to experience based on mm-hmm. trauma. Because, uh, you know, there is a sense of numbness. I feel like that's a hallmark of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And so, with that, there are different types of trauma. There's acute trauma, which is a trauma that results from a single incident. So it may have only occurred one time. However, there was an impact and it created a space where it was very distressing. Um, then there's chronic trauma, which is um, a repeated and prolonged um, situation or incident that has occurred and continues to occur. And that could be domestic violence. Um, that could be any kind of abuse, neglect, uh, emotional abuse, things like that. Um, and then there's complex trauma, which is exposure to a varied and multiple traumatic events, um, often of an invasive and interpersonal nature. So this can happen. Um, what this is saying is you are experiencing multiple types of trauma. So this is emotional abuse, probably physical abuse, probably some verbal abuse, and they're all happening within an instance and also prolonged. Um, and mm-hmm. usually because of other people's doing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Do you have anything to add there? No, I think you did a, a good job of, you know, giving us that intro to trauma and the different types of trauma. So with that, you know, comes the next part of what we're going to share with you all. And that's how does trauma manifest itself in the lives of those who experience it? Now, the list is exhaustive. So we're just, I'm just going to kind of go through some of the common ones, but Mm -hmm. trauma can cause adverse reactions to our cognitive, behavioral, physical, and psychological functioning or performance. And some common cognitive reactions include nightmares, loss of memory and concentration abilities, and mood swings. Some behavioral reactions include social isolation and withdrawal or a lack of interest in previously enjoyed activities. Some physical reactions or responses would be being easily startled, feeling on edge, or experiencing changes in your sleeping or eating patterns. And then we have some psychological reactions, which include an overwhelming sense of fear, emotional shock, irritability, anger, anxiety, or panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel like are some more common ones that you see in your uh, practice as a therapist? 
Oh, um, in my practice, I, I mean, I honestly, I feel like I see all of them. The one I think comes up the most is the psychological reactions and, you know, the, some of the behavioral, um, Mm -hmm. I think in my previous work, it was a lot more behavioral. Um, but I don't, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think that these responses can exist without one another. I right. think they mm-hmm. usually kind of always trickle in um, to one another, like one kind of promotes the next one. And I think mm-hmm. um, maybe a like way to, cycle. right. And maybe a way for like, you know, people to really identify it is, is look at, you know, what kind of person are you, you know, do some self, some self-reflection and determine, you know, do you normally go to your thoughts first? Do you normally go to your emotions first? Right. And then look at, start there and then start to see, okay, do any, does anything happen because of that? Does my behavior change because of that? X, Y, Z. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel feel like you see any of these with your clients, like any one in particular? Um, I feel like the, the biggest ones, it's kind of like you said, like the psychological reactions, but you know, I do see a lot of the cognitive reactions like nightmares, um, that loss of memory and concentration abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, also, um, one that's not on here is, um, the avoidance of stimuli or situations that trigger those, um, cognitive reactions or adverse reactions, um, due to the trauma. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's definitely one to to take note of because I think that's an easy one to not really pay attention to. I think mm-hmm. you're right because it's just kind of like, oh, I'm just protecting myself by not going near that thing or that person. Right. And it's exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's usually Um, Okay. So question for you. Have you ever experienced any form of trauma? And if so, how do you cope with it? Mm. So. <laughs> this is a loaded question, in my opinion, for my life experience. It's loaded. Um, mm-hmm. You know, short answer is yes. <laughs> um, I'm not going to deep dive um, into everything as far as my experience, you all, because this is a series. So as we start to break trauma down a little more, then you'll get more of our story. Um, but in mm-hmm. general, I have experienced emotional abuse. Um there was some sexual abuse um, during my childhood, um, some abandonment and neglect in my childhood. Um, as far as how I cope with it, you know, I'm laughing a little bit is because I think the biggest thing for me was even realizing that I was abused. Mm-hmm. You know, that self-awareness is no joke. Like, you know, of course I went to, you know, went to therapy um, later in life. So a lot of my traumatic experiences happened, you know, either when I was a child or I was like preteen or, you know, early teenage years. Um, But once I went to therapy as an adult, then I became so much more aware of all of these adverse experiences that I had that I hadn't even, you know, connected as trauma. You know, Mm -hmm. for me, I just felt like, oh, okay, well, this shit happened. 
you know? So, all right, moving on. Let's go to work. Let's go to school, like mm-hmm. whatever. But once I gained that self-awareness, I realized, okay, this is bigger, a bigger issue than I thought. And it's impacting my life in bigger ways that I had even imagined. And for some reason, you know, subconsciously, I'm just moving through life like, okay, challenges come your way. You do what you got to do and you keep it moving on to the next, on to the next. Um, so now, you know, as to how I cope with it now, because I still get triggers. Um, so I kind of work on managing those. And it's almost kind of like, you know, something that Rade said is something that I do is, you know, I know that typically in situations, I go to emotions first. So when I go to emotions, I'm like, okay, Demetra, why am I feeling this way? And mm-hmm. I keep asking myself why and why until I, I, I basically turn up nothing else. Like it's literally right. just that one thing um, or one thought that's passing through my head, which I call the root. Yeah. Of that emotional experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So once I, I, you know, figure out what that root is, then I ask myself, okay, is this, am I operating from a rational or irrational place? Um, so that I can make sure that, you know, what I'm feeling and experiencing, not discrediting that, but making sure that, you know, the thoughts and the feelings that I'm having surrounding this trigger and, and et cetera, et cetera, is rational or irrational. And then from there, then I, you know, do my best to lift myself up or reframe that message that could be adverse um, so that I can move more towards a more supportive, rational space. Um mm-hmm. Also, just, you know, regular coping skills that kind of we've talked about in previous episodes, you know, meditation. Um, I just started working out again. It has been really good for me. Um, and I actually um, realized that I thrive with structure and routine. And that's been very helpful. And, you know, whenever my anxiety spikes and like, OK, I don't want to walk into this social situation because, I feel like it'll be safer if I don't. Then I ask myself, okay, Demetrius, so what is it about this environment that you feel is unsafe? And, mm-hmm. you know, am I coming back to that whole rational, irrational space thing? And then are you operating from a rational space? Are you just avoiding this because of the anxiety? Or are you avoiding this because this is actually going to trigger you? And mm-hmm. then, you know, um, the last thing I'll say is I challenge myself a lot. I challenge my thinking. I challenge how I'm feeling. Um, I challenge how what I'm doing, how I'm reacting. And I think, you know, doing that constant check in with myself that I'm able to operate from a rational space majority of the time. However, there are times where triggers still pop up and, and you know, I may yeah. emotionally react in a way that I may not want to, but I just kind of take those as opportunities to just to tweak my my coping and, and mm-hmm. making sure that I'm doing what I need to do and what's best for me. How about you? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I do a lot of the same things, but okay, let me, let me start from the beginning of the question. <laughs> I, yes. Yes. Everything that you just said. So um, yes, I have experienced forms of trauma, um, verbal abuse, um, maybe some emotional event unavailability at times, mm-hmm. right? Which definitely transforms itself into trauma. Um, and things were, you know, school, home, you know, kind of things. And so mm-hmm. it's about, for me, in the beginning, I was unhealthily coping with toxic behavior. Y'all know we've talked about the whole cutoff thing. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, with that, it's also been for me 
not being able to allow people in my space and let my guard down. And so my coping was to always just have a guard Mm -hmm. and never really let anybody in kind of thing. Like, oh, nobody really knows you. And that is very, very lonely, which is where I recognize the struggle with, oh, this is not a healthy way to cope. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I've been coping by doing many of the things that Demetrius just said, if not everything. (laughs) Um, definitely, Definitely looking for the root of what is bringing up this feeling and trying to modify that um, as well as making sure I'm being vulnerable with people that are around me and letting them know what is showing up for me so they can to mm-hmm. keep me accountable for those negative thinking patterns. I think my support system has been a huge part of my healing process as I've been able to be very vulnerable with them. And so it's shown me that my, the evidence I had against all of those irrational thoughts and you know how I wasn't worthy or all of these things, they're combating it just by being present for me. And mm. I think that is playing a very huge role in me actually seeing that for the first time, opening my eyes and my heart and my ears mm. to seeing, oh, wow, you're really showing up. And I don't know why I have been thoughts, having thoughts of, oh, you're not going to, right? You are mm. not my trauma. All of those things, having to mm. recognize that. Um, and a huge part of it was, like you said, not realizing they're like having that moment and realizing um, that I actually did experience trauma. And mm-hmm. rather than thinking like, oh yeah, like we've talked about before, this is just a black person thing or this is just this yeah, or that, yeah. like, or you should be able to deal with this. Right. I told myself that a lot. Like, what what mm-hmm. you so mad about, you know, kind of thing. Um, and really coming to a place of acceptance that these things have happened to me for a reason. These experiences have happened and they have made me into the person that I am. And I so appreciate who I am at this point in my life. Right. And me too, friend. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate who you are too. And and it's like, it's that is now coming to a place of, you know, these things don't have to be a negative aspect that continues to creep in and create negative mm-hmm. self-talk and doubt and all of those things. And today the like thought I keep having and the messages I keep uh affirming to myself is, you know, watch the way you speak and I'm saying that to me. You know, mm-hmm. watch the way I talk to myself because it's about for me now being able to affirm myself and not mm-hmm. allowing that doubt to creep in and disregard that. And just kind of being okay with where I am, what's happening, and all those things. That's how I, I cope with it at this point. As well mm-hmm. as journaling, meditation, right? All of those things, looking for the root, leaning on my support, mm-hmm. um, and so forth. And trying to find more things that like I actually enjoy mm-hmm. doing and not just doing things. Like you said, you're working out again, right? I mm-hmm. cannot stand working out, but after I'm done with it, I love it. I'm glad that I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I try to keep it a part of my routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just taking space for me, a really big part for me is um, not becoming isolative, but just having moments for myself to recharge and appreciating mm-hmm. those moments rather than using those moments to dwell on all the worries that I might have um, mm-hmm. based on my trauma, like uh, yeah. history pretty much repeating itself and me trying to get around how, how can I avoid this when there's nothing mm-hmm. even coming up that's actually there. Mm-hmm. 
Listen, I love that. Listen, we are so much like it's kind of scary a little bit, but um, <laughs> I like you know being on the same page and having yes. you know having someone who actually kind of understands where I'm coming from and kind of gets it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you know, um, you talked about positive affirmations and you know. Um, and how, you know, you kind of incorporate that into your coping for, you know, trauma-related responses. And, you know, I don't know how many of y'all have seen the show Being Mary Jane, but, you know, um, Mary oh, Jane used to have, yes, all those post-it notes that she used to post around her home. I actually have post-it notes in my bathroom on the mirror. And one of them actually says, my trauma will no longer control me. And, you know, I think, like I was saying before, right, they just having that self-awareness and, you know, as you grow and go through the process, ultimately, you know, some stuff, old stuff creeps back in sometimes and you have to remind yourself and become, you know, basically become more self-aware or I'm going to make this up, re-self-aware so that you know (laughs) what's going on or what you're feeling Mm -hmm. and, you know, putting that positive affirmation up there that, you know, trauma would no longer control me was my way of affirming or being aware that trauma had been controlling my life for a very, very long time. Right. Um, and another thing you said that rings true, I'm still working on this and I don't know, you know, our original, our day one listeners will remember this, but vulnerability, we still working on that. <laughs> so when you said <laughs> that vulnerability, I felt that in my my spirit because I'm like, okay, Demetric, I know at this age now, based on my own experience, that there is power in vulnerability, but it's still, mm-hmm. you know, difficult to put yourself in a vulnerable vulnerable position, at least for me, no matter who it is. So I'm doing my best to, you know, lean into my support system a little more, kind of like Rade was saying, and then just knowing that it's okay to be vulnerable. And these people are in my circle for a reason. So why not lean on them like they they lean on me? Mm-hmm, exactly. I think yeah. that's always a move at this point. <laughs> right. Know, like, it's always a move to just go ahead and be vulnerable and be in a space where you know it's safe. And Mm -hmm. to not allow the trauma to creep in. With regard to these like positive post-its, I think like that's even something that I ask my clients to do now um, because it's work magic. And it's just kind of like what I do and what I ask other people to do is if whenever I put them up, if I happen to pass by it, say it out loud and don't Mm -hmm. let them start with you, let them start with I right? Like start to embrace it. You're not talking to someone outside of you. You're talking to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Embrace it. This is who you are. This is, this is, you know, what's happening in the present. And so acknowledging Mm -hmm. that in that I am statement can be really powerful, even if you don't believe it to start. So yeah, it's going to seem a little that. weird at first because you literally, I'm standing in the mirror saying these, because I have eight posts on my um, mirror. Mm-hmm. I'm a little um, anal retentive, so trust me, they all in one little section. Um, but <laughs> they're yellow. I used a permanent marker. I wrote in all caps. And um, one thing I let my clients know is, you know, ultimately, I recommend getting a um, permanent marker and writing in all caps and making it big enough that you don't have to walk all the way up to it to read it. Because if you have to mm. walk all the way up to it to read it, you're not going to read it. So make mm-hmm. it big enough that you can see it from a, a, a distance and um, mm-hmm. you'll be more likely to to engage in that, 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 uh, particular task, but, um, it's been good for me, you know? And I think that it reminds me 
um, that I'm worthy. You know what yeah. I mean? At the minimum, I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, worthy of love, worthy of compassion, worthy of friendship, worthy of all of the things that trauma brain tells mm-hmm. me I'm not worthy of. Right. You know, I, I just, it's crazy to me how we can say so many negative things to ourselves. And when we're starting to say the positive things that feel so uncomfortable, I can't even, Facts. it's taken me so long to even be able to take a compliment from somebody. Like, <laughs> you know, like Facts. somebody Facts. gives me a compliment and I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. All right. Like, yes, can we move cool, on okay, now? Right, like, can we can just, <laughs> great, thank you. And, and, and that is so odd to me. It's like, no, like, embrace it. You are allowed to right. be great. You are allowed to be excellent. You are allowed, right? And mm-hmm. it's even down to, I, I talked about, I think before on this show, that, like, dealing with different things, even, like, body dysmorphia, right? And mm-hmm looking in the mirror and not being able to find something negative about myself, there is power in that. Like mm-hmm. real Amen. power, <laughs> real power mm-hmm. in that. And, you know, and just loving me for me yeah. as well. It, it makes it easier to love other people too. Now, no, now Absolutely. I'm not looking at people and being like, mm, I don't like this about them. I don't like that. Like, you know, like it's just little things that I mm-hmm. probably have thoughts about and not saying it aloud because I wouldn't want that to come for one, out of my mouth and, right. you know, two, but even the thought of it, because I'm not liking certain things with who I am, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking for things not to like another. And so yeah. like a huge part of trauma brain, you know, yeah. it, all of those things, you know, start to trickle in and being able to catch yourself, reframing those thoughts and reworking mm-hmm. them is going to be really important because the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is, is that your best self only comes when you actually look at yourself as being your best self. I don't know yeah. what other words to use besides it. <laughs> Listen, I love it. I love it, honey. Like it's it's I wholeheartedly agree with that. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing when you can look at yourself in the mirror and the thoughts that come across your mind are only positive. Right. You know, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful experience. And, you know, some people get there quicker than others, but sometimes it's mm-hmm. a journey, you know, but it's so beautiful when you when you do get to that place. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. All right, fam. So now it's time for our therapist hats off section. Go ahead, Demetri, you and you have the first question, right? Yes. So okay. our first question from one of our listeners is. I was in a relationship where I was physically abused and I thought that I had worked through everything, but now that I'm in a new relationship, I'm finding it hard to trust my partner. What can I do? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I was like, woo, on the inside. Like, that's a big <laughs> question. Yeah. Um, okay. Biggest word that sticks out with this question in particular is trust. Being able to trust someone else involves trusting yourself enough to know that you only have control over you and i know Preach. we fall in that into that you know you fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me but you know when it comes to trust you there has to be vulnerability like those two things cannot exist without each other mm-hmm. and with that in mind i think it's important to recognize that the trust factor needs to be within yourself mm-hmm. and 
whatever that person decides to do, trust yourself enough to know how that you will still make sure you make the best decision for you at the end of the day. That's what mm-hmm. it's all about. And mm-hmm. so when you say, what can I do? I also say there's power in truth. So mm-hmm. maybe even tell your partner it that you have experienced a sense of abuse um, and you decide what you want to share. You decide if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, tell them all of it. You decide if you just want to tell them I have some trauma history. You ha- you have mm-hmm. full reign over that. But mm-hmm. you know, doing doing or saying enough that expresses to them that you want to be present for this. However, I am still working through some things that's impacting this for me, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I'm asking that you offer me some grace and compassion and patience as I'm too learning how to be patient with myself as I'm moving through this process of understanding what my experience was, how it's impacting mm-hmm. me now and how I need to heal from that. Absolutely. That was a, that spot on. Listen, and it's not much that, you know, anything really that I would add to that response. Um, you know, listener, the only thing that I would say, if you take anything away from that is really trusting yourself, like Rade said, and then sharing your experience with your partner. And when mm-hmm. we say share your experience, it's not necessarily telling them every step or detail of the trauma, but really letting them know, like Rade said, how it's showing up in your life or how it, sh- it has showed up in your life, how it is now and what you do to manage it so that they truly understand it, but also giving them the opportunity to be able to provide you with a different level of support because they have more information. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And, you know, just, and it's not just, you know, to add on to that, it's really sharing what your triggers are. Like, hey, partner, this triggers me when XYZ happens. So that way your partner is aware of those triggers so that they can operate a little differently so that they can be supportive and not inadvertently harmful to you because they don't know what your triggers are. Um, but yeah, like I feel like, like I said, you you did a good job of um, ex- responding to that. So that's, that's all I got. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, but I think you're right. The really big thing about acknowledging the triggers and sharing that with your partner so they know how to support you is great. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, you know, throw safe words in there. You know, if you yep. notice a trigger is coming up for you, you and your partner come up with the safe word so that mm-hmm. they recognize what is happening for you. And that in this moment, you are not probably seeing them. You are probably having a moment of of some detachment because mm-hmm. you're experiencing a trauma symptom, a trauma trigger, rather than what's happening in the current, in the present, what's happening in the current. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So next question here was, I was sexually abused when I was young and I haven't told anyone. I am 35 years old now and I feel like too much time has passed. Should I tell my family and how would I go about doing that? Hmm. Hmm. Another loaded question. Um, (laughs) I'm going to start off by saying I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to just kind of speak on um, some concepts that I think you should consider. Um, For the most part, you know, one thing I will say is there's never enough time that will pass that will devoid or I'm sorry, void your story. So it doesn't matter if you're 56 or you're 60 or you're 70, it's your story and you can speak your story whenever you feel like it. Um, Mm -hmm. The only thing I would say is, you know, make sure that you're ready. 
you know, um, make sure that you are ready to not only share your story or your traumatic experience with your family, but that you're ready for the possible responses or reactions to that. Because all reactions to you telling someone um, about your traumatic experience or experiences does not always result in a positive welcome. Um, there are instances where people are told that they're not telling the truth or people are, um, you know, verbally attacked. Like, why did you wait so long? And mm-hmm. um, that whole victim shaming thing. So just make sure that you're ready to not only tell your story, but also um, that you're prepared for any of those possible outcomes as a result of sharing that story. Um, and as far as how I would... Um, get my advice on how you could go about it. Um, It doesn't have to be this big orchestrated event. Like you don't have to invite all your family members over and it's, you know, sitting in a circle, like intervention Mm -hmm. style to tell them your story. Like take your time, maybe tell one family member at a time or, you know, maybe, you know, tell, you know, one family member that you trust the most and then ask them for their support and telling everyone else um, could be Mm -hmm. another alternative. But um that's pretty much what all I got. I'll, I'll let Rade kind of jump in here. Yeah, I agree with all of that. You know, definitely take your time and be patient with yourself through the process as well. Um, Amen. Another way I offer to clients to be able to break this to family, friends, you know, whoever they consider mm-hmm. um, someone that they want to share this experience with and this trauma with. Um, I invite them, hey, bring them to a session, right? We tell them together, you know, you have me to support you. I probably won't say much, um, right? But at the same time, you do know you have me to be there just in case they have any questions about, hey, what do we do now, right? Then we can Mm -hmm. talk about that together and make sure that you know that you also have an advocate in your corner as well. Um, If you did get any of those uh, victim blaming, you know, statements or sentiments, though, that's a time where your therapist would probably say, hey, come up. You know, let, let's look at this and recognize your experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, another big thing is being able to acknowledge that um, trauma is not going to be everyone's experience, even if you guys share the same incident. And so when you're going to talk to family, making sure that you are not looking for closure that they've shared the same experience as you Mm -hmm. and when they feel a certain way that you do because that's not always what it looks like and so Mm -hmm. making sure that your intent understanding your why of your reason behind going to share this with them is going to be really important because it'll shape the approach it'll shape the responses even you know and things like Mm -hmm. that so understanding your why and and making sure you know, that you even have questions, answers for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. of what is happening for you now and what, what makes this moment important for me to now share. Yes, to all of that. Um, I'm so glad you, you uh, brought up the fact of if you have a therapist, utilizing your therapist as a source of support in mm-hmm. sharing that experience with, you know, someone you care about or, you know, a family member or what whatever the case may be. Um, but which brings us to a, you know, the bigger part of if you've experienced any type of trauma and you have not processed it with a professional, find a mm-hmm. therapist so mm-hmm. that you can process it because more times than not, you basically 
it's impacting your life in an adverse way, whether you know it or not. So if you haven't gone to therapy, processed the trauma, or you feel like, oh, I've done that and, and I've moved on from it. Ultimately, if you haven't processed it with a professional, most likely there are still some adverse effects that are impacting you that, that are, you may not yeah. even be um, associating with the trauma. Yeah, that is literally one of my rules, which is listen, before you go and telling anyone about what has happened in your history, let's avoid re-traumatization, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk first about and let's heal. Let's work through what happened, how it's impacting yeah. you now. Let's move through the healing process before you're now disclosing what happened. Because depending on how people respond, it can re-traumatize mm -hmm. and create a lot more adversive effects and unhealthy coping mechanisms that you know, we could make sure we know how to combat before we even get there. Love that. Yes. Okay. So fam, we're going to go ahead and move on to our earth lesson of the week. The impact of trauma doesn't go away. However, we can process, heal, and manage it, which puts us in a position to love and trust again. More than anything, learn to trust yourself. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam, remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RespectfullyMT and send your questions and topic requests to RespectfullyMT at gmail.com. As a side note, we will be having a bye week on April 29th, so there will be no new episode dropping on that day. However, we will have a new episode for you all on May 6th. Until next time, fam. Peace, y'all. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. therapist.